should have been on American Idol. Welcome to Jake's Review Corner, the podcast where amateur fans voice their opinions on movies, TV, and anything pop culture from blockbuster hits, the trashy cult classic. I'm your host, Jacob Daniel, and in the studio today, I'm joined by Handjob, I mean BJ Jones. BJ, say hi to everyone. How's it going, Jake? How's it going in the review corner, buddy? I mean, it's going good. I've been sitting on that handjob joke for like three weeks, ever since we did Fright Night, so I'm, I'm you know, I'm glad Just to be... be careful with that joke. It's an antique. Take you know, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be with you, you know, doing another great vampire hit, which we'll get to eventually. Um, spoiler alert, it's The Lost Boys, one of my favorite vampire movies of all time. There's only like three, but you know, it's it's a classic. What okay, can I like, say? like, as far as vampires go, there's The Count from Sesame Street. Chocula? That, you, that was the second. It's like 1A and, and 1B. Like, like, which one of those two vampires do you put ahead of the... Anyway, I digress. I do have a question. I, I love the intro to your podcast. I love the way you just burst into song, but because it's Lost Boys, why didn't you get up on the on the table here and just like Tim Capello in the movie, like play a, a saxophone with your chest all oiled up? And why didn't you go that route? If, well, if no one's seen the movie, just Google oiled saxophone player. We know Annie Johnson's googling it right now. <laughs> um, You'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about if you've not watched the movie. Well, I was thinking you might have gone that. Route. I brought my sax lube, but I felt like I got into the studio and I was like, I didn't bring enough for BJ. Too focused <laughs> on the hand job joke and it crushed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It really did. So BJ, you were on the Fright Night episode a couple weeks ago, but I didn't really let you introduce yourself. How about you introduce yourself? Tell so everyone a little bit. My name bit. is Brian Jones, and besides being a vampire movie aficionado. Um, uh, we work together for a summer camp and we have a lot of good time. We talk a lot of movies. It's awesome that you're doing a movies podcast and I'm just thrilled as, as a guy who loves nothing more than to sink into the couch and, you know, hit play on, if it's an eighties or nineties movie, even better, but just a good flick and sink into that. Um, I'm happy to be talking movies with you, man. It's awesome. What a, what a great intro. You win the first ever Jake's Review Corner. Tell me a little about yourself award. Do you want to thank anyone for this award? No, I, I, think, I think all the credit should just go to the last 60 seconds. I think that 60 seconds is what made it all happen. So uh, let's, let's move forward. Uh, we've already talked about oiled saxophone players. You made a joke about my initials. And you sang open mic. Let's get into this movie. <laughs> yeah, let's get into this movie. The movie today is, of course, The Lost Boys. The Lost Boys, starring Jason Patrick as Michael Emerson, Corey Haim as Sam Emerson, Diana Weist as Lucy Emerson, Corey Feldman as Edgar Frog, Jamieson Newlander as Alan Frog, Alex Winter as Marco, Edward Herman as Max, Jamie Gertz as Star, and, of course, playing David is Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Can we start with that real quick? The law firm of Kiefer William Frederick Dempsey George Rufus Sutherland. If you go on Wikipedia and look up Kiefer Sutherland's full name, 
make sure you get some chapstick and a bottle of water before you attempt to say it. Holy crap, it's a mouthful. Um, for those of you that don't know Kiefer Sutherland, most recent fame, I think the thing that really exploded his name most recently was the show 24. People loved the show 24. And I don't know he's done things since, but that show really was, that was huge. Like that was the, that was the Game of Thrones type show where it's like, you stop everything you're doing on the night that that show's on and you sit down and you watch that show. So I think maybe going forward in the podcast, we should just refer to Kiefer as 24 because it's way damn easier to say than, hold on, let me take a breath. <gasps> Kiefer, William, Frederick, Dempsey, George, Rufus, Sutherland, holy shit. That is a ma- that is a name. That is his full and, name. And let me say, as David, 24 steals the show a little bit. I mean... Totally. But at the same time, Michael... Is who I want to be in life. You mentioned on the Fright Night episode the how you look at Jerry Dandridge and you're like, man, I want to go to Target and I want to get that guy. I want to be that guy. I want that ensemble piece. I look at Michael and I think to myself, man, I have my like Thursday night going out outfit. I'm gonna get the black long sleeve t shirt. I'm gonna let some gypsy girl pierce my ear. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Maybe not the gypsy part, but no, I agree. I in fact, there was probably a solid like team. Kiefer, Team Jason Patrick kind of thing going on there. Like there was a, a Team David. David's the Kiefer Sutherland's vampire character in the movie. And Michael is Jason Patrick's vampire character. There was probably, there, it, there were two different characters totally. And, and you're right. I think I'm going to give David's character another shout out. As much popularity as Mel Gibson's mullet got in the Lethal Weapon series, that vampire mullet was Awesome. I mean, talk about business in the front and party in the back, and then I'll bite you in the neck. Like it was a, his, like that bleached blonde mullet. It just looked. It had almost like an achy, breaky heart kind of vibe, where it was there was so much gel. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Sorry, I had to take a pause. I like how every time I watch The Lost Boys, and I always kind of forget David has a mullet until he turns to the side, and you're like, "Wow, his hair's so spiky." It's incredible. It's it's. I want to. I want to say for all the run that again the lethal mullet got, that vampire mullet was just as iconic, just as iconic. And what's funny, you know, you bring up the lethal mullet as in like Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon. So fun fact about this movie is Richard Donner originally had the idea for the Lost Boys. The movie was going to be more based around the idea of the Lost Boys being vampires, and David's character was originally going to be named Peter. The Frog Brothers were going to be Boy Scouts. Uh, Star was a boy. Richard Donner actually left the Lost Boys to go do a Lethal Weapon, and he instead hired Joel Schumacher to come in. Joel Schumacher looked at the script and he goes, This is good, but it can be better. Yep, totally. And then another little shout out to that back and forth. If you watch the original Lethal Weapon Part 1 movie, there's a quick scene where Danny Glover and Mel Gibson's characters, they're walking toward the camera and they're having a dialogue. And in the background, there's a theater with a marquee. And on the theater marquee, it says The Lost Boys, like is in theaters. Oh my God, I know. So there's like a total, there. yeah, there's Easter eggs on Easter eggs on Easter eggs. It's, it's, it's kind of a cool... Uh, connection there with, between Donner and, and Schumacher. That's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, that's I knew... a screenshot. That's a screen grab worth searching for. So I know Don and Donner <clears throat> stayed on to executive produce this. Joel Schumacher, I mean, did an amazing job, looked at the script, said to himself, this can be better. I mean, the outfits look amazing. The characters are amazing. And it kind of makes you think, Joel, you are on the top of your game with the Lost Boys. 
What did you do to Batman and Robin? What? Why? Why were there so many Batman nipples in all of those Batman movies? Like, I don't. That's fine if you want to take the Batman character and 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 Robin and the Iceman with Arnold Schwarzenegger. If you want to take all that and throw some cotton candy and bubblegum at it, that's fine. You go go right ahead. Get the black rubber nipples on the suits out of my living room. I don't. There's no need. No one enjoyed it. It's a punchline. I didn't think I was going to go from blonde vampire mullets to George Clooney's black rubber nipples in Batman by Joel Schumacher. What a digression. Whew, hit me with a truck. I'll tell you another funny thing about this, this movie. For all of the costumes, you mentioned the costumes, they make these vampire kids, they're, they're like teenagers, right, in the movie. Yeah. And they make them look hip and cool for the, the times. But when the vampires start changing into vampires, when it when it's... When it switches, it's legit. And and like for Johnny R, and it's like that, especially with the the contact lenses that, that they put in these. It's no joke. You go from like, oh, this is neat. They got motorcycles and they're in a carnival, and it's like, whoa. And then also, you know, you're pissing down your leg because they get scary quick. I, that's that's part of what does it for me. Like it's a cool movie, but the vampires are believable. Throwing it back to the Fright Night thing. When Jerry Dandridge turned into a vampire, when you finally saw him vamp out, you're like, whoa, that's, it's, it got serious real quick. So that's so, another thing that I enjoy about The Lost Boys. So BJ, you're my 45-year-old best friend, which means, you know, you were around in the 80s. Did you see this movie in theaters or did you see that blockbuster? I did see this movie in theaters. And this was one like you go see it and you're kind of blown away and then you go back and see it again. As soon as it comes out on video, you're renting that over and over again. It also took care of, for me, it took care of four different Halloweens. It's like, all right, this Halloween, I'm going to dress up as David. I'm going to do the long black trench coat. This next uh, Halloween, I'm going to dress up as Marco, who is played by Alex Winter, famed from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, the reason why you pick those two guys first is because even fans of the Lost Boys tend to forget, oh, wait, there's two other vampires. I don't <laughs> even know their name. I don't even know. I know they, they kind of looked like, you know, lead guitarists in 80s bands, like they, they kind of have that look, but they're like, what did they do in the movie other than show their teeth for five minutes and then die? But um, so, but it, yeah, it, I loved Lost Boys, saw it in the movie, in the movie theater, saw the videos, um, immediately did the costumes. It's, it's the whole patchwork. Try to look like those guys as much as possible, like eat, sleep, breathe Lost Boys. My obsession with vampire movies got restarted this summer when I watched uh, Fright Night for the first time. And then I came back up to Crossville. I was working a camp kind of around October, went to Walmart. And of course, you know, they have all the Halloween movies out for $5. Saw The Lost Boys. I have like several friends who tried to get me on it in high school and like early college. And I was always like, yeah, hey, I'll watch it eventually. Uh, one of my really good friends, Alicia's favorite movie is The Lost Boys. Shout out Alicia. I know you're listening to this because she wanted to come on this podcast. And I said, Sorry, I have a 45-year-old who I've already dedicated this episode to. Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> and I, I watched it, and I was like, wow, this movie is as good, maybe even better, let's not get carried away, than Fright Night. I am hooked on the look. It's awesome. It's awesome. And obviously, uh, we should throw this in there, too. The name The Lost Boys was inspired by The Lost Boys from Peter Pan. Um, you mentioned how Donner was going to have, like, this guy was named Peter and this person was, and it was going to have a little bit of that feel, a little bit of that never land. These kids never grow up, but it's not a fun 
let's go fight Captain Hook kind of thing. It's a, we don't grow up because we're vampires and we are just straight murdering people out here in, in the movie it's called Santa Carla, I believe. Yeah. It's basically Santa Cruz, California. And the, the people, the, the town of Santa Cruz, the city of Santa Cruz said, no, 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 you're not putting our name in your movie and associating it with death and vampires. So they switched the name real quick and it became this fake city, which is actually Santa Cruz. One thing I'll say is I watched the movie a couple of times and I always looked at David and I had noticed for so long, I was like, wow, he never takes off his gloves. That is so cool. And it actually turns out it's because he broke his wrist. Riding the motorcycles. Right, right, right. He was just being a dick on a motorcycle. And Showing he was like, off, probably, yeah. He was like, guys, you want to see how fast I can drive this motorcycle? Broke out his wrist. And so they're like, okay, you're acting up. You know what? Gloves. Gloves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, another thing I want to mention before you get into this kind of the story of the movie. You mentioned one of the actresses, Jamie Gertz, who plays Star. She's also a vampire in the movie. And I, I feel like they missed something with her. You know, in our last episode together... I, I don't think we, 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 we turned over every rock, we looked under every tree, we found every reason to bow down and, and pay homage to Amanda Bierce, who is Amy in Fright Night, because she's incredible. I feel like they had something going with this character too, and they just didn't do it, because you look at this character star in the movie, and you're like, what? I felt like the guys, that guy, the, the guys in um, Office Space, like, what would you say you do here. Like, what are you, why are you in, yeah, I get that you were the eye candy, that's why Michael was like, hey, I want to go over there and talk to her. And then, she's affiliated with vampires and that's how he kind of gets in. But, other than that, other than just being a pretty face, what, 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 and like, the big difference, what what did you, who did you, what, what did you, there's, they they kind of missed it with her. I think they, they skipped over that. Part. And I think it's, I think it's, you know, you look at a, uh, Amanda Beerus's character, Amy, in the Frightening, and you have this girl next door, very schoolgirl-esque, and it's like, you know, I can't do anything wrong. I'm so innocent. And you're like, oh, you can do wrong. <laughs> and then you look at Star, and she's like, well, I'm already bad. And it's like, well, I already know what you But do. even then, like, it was, a, she's the mysterious, they, they, they totally missed opportunity with the character. She's a mysterious, you, she's beautiful, and she's majestic, but she's, like, disappearing in the shadows. I don't know anything about her. Yep, they missed it. They, Star Star is the girl you meet at the bar, and she tells you, like, she's interesting, and she's different, and then she's like, yeah, you know, I have, um, my boobs are pierced, and I was like, yeah, I already guessed that. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna not. It's, it's like, it's not it's my, cr- it's just, that's fine, it's just not my thing. It's like, you're great, you're hot, um, this could have worked out, but honestly, <laughs> I'm not, uh, there's just no character in you. I'm gonna go talk to that schoolgirl over there. This movie, The Lost Boys, was also the beginning of The Corys, which, if you ever watch the movie License to Drive, you'll realize The Corys went nowhere. It was literally the beginning and the ending of, of the Corey. See, like it was after after the Corys, the Corys was like, Oh, these guys are great. But where they messed up where people messed up with the Corys was like, these guys are good looking, they're funny, let's just put them in anything. You can put them in a dog food commercial and it'll sell the dog food. I'm glad you bring that up because I was about to bring up the Corys and you say <laughs> license the drive. Sir, you are wrong. Because the worst Corey, Corey movie is Dream a Little Dream. The story of... Also, a... also crap. I have two dogs. I have two dogs. Just, just to, to 
piggyback on what you're saying. I have two dogs. If you walk over into my yard, you'll see two piles of poo. You can't tell which one came from which dog, can you? <laughs> that, yeah, it's, 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 that's, you're exactly right. No, the, the, dream a little dream. Woo, pull my fingernails out. Make it stop. Gee whiz. The only movie that is worse than Dream a Little Dream is Dream a Little Dream 2, a movie that just continues the story of two characters I didn't care for, played by two actors I really admire, in a sense. Wow. From one vampire movie, I not anything believe, else they I were in. Believe, I didn't even know there was a part two. That's You're a better man than me for sitting through that. I just think they looked, you know, they looked at Corey and Corey, and they thought to themselves, they're like, whoa, whoa, these kids are the same age, and their names are the same? Genius! This Get is right out of town. They're <laughs> like, yeah, we're best friends. They're like, what if, hear me out on this, guys. You guys self-destruct your film careers, and in a couple years, we'll do a kooky reality show. Oh, Lord. And, you know, Jeez. they were probably hearing that coked out of their mind at age 14. They're like, you got a deal. I can't imagine. Yeah. God bless both those guys, and, and uh, God rest the one Corey soul. Um, Haim? Corey Haim? Yeah, Corey Haim. Uh, yeah, Corey Haim uh, passed away way too early. But, uh, yeah, they were a thing in The Lost Boys. It was cool until it wasn't. Yikes. One last thing, one last tidbit that I will throw um, in there is uh, Ben Stiller was almost a lost boy. Blue Steel, imagine Blue Steel from Zoolander was almost a lost boy, was sitting in the audition room with the law firm of Kiefer, William, Frederick, Dempsey, George, Rufus, Sutherland. (laughs) Gosh, that's unbelievable. Yeah, he was sitting there and he, he... you know, threw his hat in the ring and tried to get it and didn't happen. I know. I had read about that and I was like, man, imagine Ben Stiller playing David. Never grow, Michael. Never die. I'm Zoolander. Yeah, exactly. The Blue Steel thing. But the fact that we know what Blue Steel is now, that it makes it not work. I can't retroactively put his, I can't put him in the group because... Him and Owen Wilson doing that. I can't do it. BJ, because you're our special guest today, I'm going to let you read the synopsis of the movie. The synopsis? You've been practicing. You synopsis of the movie. The synopsis. All right. The synopsis for The Lost Boys is as such. Sam and his older brother, Michael, are average everyday teens. But after they move with their mother to peaceful Santa Clara, California, things mysteriously begin to change. Michael's not himself lately, and Mom's not going to like what he's turning into. The Lost Boys reshapes vampire tradition, deftly mixing heart-pounding terror, rib-tickling laughs, and a body-gyrating rock soundtrack. You know, when it's described like that, it really, like, I hadn't even thought. Makes me think of, like, a hashtag. Well, the body-gyrating, it kind of makes you think about that when, you know, Jerry was trying to seduce Amy on the, on the dance. You know, let's not go back yeah. to it. Let's not revisit. Not it's that fun. movie. <laughs> Under Joel Schumacher's direction, a marvelous cast, Jason Patrick, Jamie Gertz, Kiefer, a whole bunch of words, and then Sutherland, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, Bernard Hughes, Edward Herman, and Diane Weist? 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 That's a... Man, I hate it when they put the I before the E. It's, it makes you think about those rules. I before E, except after Diane. <laughs> Stakes to gleefully ghoulish entertainment. This is awesome. Yeah, man. This is really good. And it's got the picture of, of 24 on here with the eyes and the, the teeth. It's really it's awesome. We're reading the uh, back of the DVD cover, which, by the way, I just want to say, we you know fanned out about the 
Fright Night poster in the last episode BJ was on. I just want to say the simplicity of the Lost Boys poster. It's so great. You see all the main characters. It's just a red background. It says the Lost Boys and it says sleep all day, party all night. It's fun to be a vampire. And I'm hooked. I look at it and I go, heck yeah, movie Saturday, let's hit it. It also, like, you, you pick it up and you look at it. You're exactly right. You described it exactly correctly. But also, it could be an album cover. It could be like, oh, is that, when did this drop? I'm going to throw this on the old iTunes and get it. Woohoo! Like, it's, it is. It's simply iconic. It's simply iconic. They didn't, there's no effects. They got a red background. All the characters, fun to be a vampire. Of course, it's fun to be a vampire until the sun comes up. All right, let's get into this movie. The plot of The Lost Boys. The movie opens with a giant aerial shot of Santa Carla. The Lost Boys, you know, segue. Did they ever call, do they call themselves the Lost Boys in this movie? I'm going to say no. I'm going to refer to them as the Lost Boys. Of course. So the Lost Boys enjoy a night out. They're on a Ferris wheel. They're messing with the surf Nazis. Fun fact, that is the canon name for the other biker gang that keeps reappearing in the movie. In the novelization of Lost Boys, they are referred to and called the surf Nazis, which makes you think, wow, what a terrible name. I guess they do that because obviously this is a vampire movie and these vampires are going to have to eat somebody. So your little old me sitting there watching in the theater is like, oh, but they are attacking this awful surf Nazi biker gang with awful haircuts and probably bad hygiene. It's okay that they're chewing these guys' guts out, right? It's fine, right? It's, It's that whole like... Yeah, the good guy lives at the end. It's fine. It's right. That's 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 uh, fan service, is what that is. As the Lost Boys and the Surf Nazis start to cause trouble, Paul Blart Mall Cop shows up, kicks them <laughs> off the boardwalk. Later, we see the boardwalk has gone black. Everything's turning off. Uh, Paul Blart starts going to his car when he is killed by an unknown figure that attacks from the sky. It's kind of like Jaws with the vampires in this movie. You never see them, but it's the fear, like the fear and the fact that you can't see what's happening. For sure, for sure. Now, I do remember watching this part of the movie and young me, which is many, 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 many years ago, because the 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 cop that kind of shoes everybody away, he's the man. He's the guy that's like, no, you can't, you can't you go home, kids. Get out of here. He's the one ruining your fun. And I do distinctly remember when he gets his. I'm I'm watching that, going, yeah, that's what you get for do what doing his job. It's like how many friends have you ever had? You know, you're sitting somewhere and your friend walks in and they're like, damn it. I just got a speeding ticket. And you're like, really? Speeding ticket? What were you doing? Well, I was going too fast. On Oh, you were going too fast. You should have gotten a speeding ticket, you jackass. So I remember watching this movie and the, the cop, the mall cop gets his and I'm like, yeah, that's what you get. And now I look back on that and I'm like, poor guy probably had like a couple of pugs at home. Now they're just crapping everywhere, getting into his fridge, just ruining the house and the carpet. Terrible. That's terrible. But yeah, it's fine. The next day, Michael, Sam, their mom, Lucy, begin to move to Santa Carlo. As they drive through the city, you can see several missing children's posters and the proclaimed murder capital of the world on the back of the billboard. They move in with their grandpa, who they begin to ask, hey, why is it the murder capital of the world? Where the grandpa just kind of shrugs it off. He's like, eh, I don't know. I'm old. Michael and Sam decide to go out and apparently go to a saxophone concert, because I guess that was popular in the late 80s. I wouldn't know. By the way, is that how I sound? Like when an old guy says something like, hey, 
BJ, why aren't you on TikTok yet? Nah, I mean, you just, you kids with your stickers and your rap music. Is that how I sound? Did I, I don't sound know. Like... I almost want to get a saxophone and, like, bring it to a meeting one of these days if and be like, does anyone off, know how to play this? you take off your shirt and there's Johnson & Johnson all over your, is that a, can I say that on the, am I going to get, because they just got their vaccine pulled, am I going to get, I don't oh, know, I, I might have to risk the joke. on Facebook, oh no. <laughs> 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 so at the Sackman concert, Michael cannot stop staring at Star. Star is a gorgeous. I'm sure she has a great personality. She's girl. Mysteri- Again, they missed it. They missed it with this character. She's beautiful. She's mysterious. She looks like she's having a great time, and she's kind of playing hard to get. Like I'm oh, sure she has piercings somewhere else besides her ears. But let's not talk about that or the oiled saxophone player who she's listening to at this very moment in the movie. But they missed it with the character because basically he goes over and for the rest of the movie she's like high five girl. Like, hey. <laughs> Good to see you. So while the boys enjoy the concert, Lucy looks for a job and meets Max and his dog Thorn. Max is everything Jerry Dandridge isn't. He's like, you meet him and you look at him and you go, okay, he's kind of like, a family man, I guess, kind of ask. He has glasses. He's goofy. He looks like the guy that watched Fright Night and saw the fashion and tried and missed. He looks like me if I was like six feet tall. <laughs> he watched Fright Night and he was like, wow, I got to really update I my gotta, wardrobe. My shoulder pad game is down. I got to get it up, up, up. Yeah. And, but he's also like kind of got the bookworm. He's trying to be hit. There's a couple of jackets he rocks in that movie where you're like, Whoa, it's definitely Friday night. You pulled that out of the back of the closet, bud. <laughs> yeah, and he offers, he's like, yeah, you want a job? And Lucy's like, wow, all my problems go away. While Lucy's getting a job and freaking Michael is just stalking some random girl he doesn't even know the name of, Sam meets the Frog Brothers, Edgar and Alan, who own a comic book shop. They give Sam a vampire comic that they tell him will explain everything. Sam says, I don't want it. And they go, no, you should take it. And Sam goes, no, really, guys, I don't want it. And they go, no, take it. And Sam's just like, guys, come on, come on. So now, another little sidebar. When Corey Feldman, is his character as the Frog Brother, in the movie you watch him and he's like, he's so butch. Everything he says, if, if the guy was offering you a breath mint, it would be like, here, dude, I know you just had that garlic bread. This breath mint is going to save your life. Like, he's so intense. And I, I think it, it was kind of rumored like they got into the early screen testing for it and he was doing his thing, reading his lines, and they were like, no, man, your character, you're a vampire hunter. You're like, you're like the, the good guys. You've got to butch it up. You got, so I, it was like rumored that he basically went home and watched every Rambo movie, every combat, every, like just and just kind of went full Stallone and brought that to the character and was like, and you can see it in the movie. If you watch the movie, he literally, everything he says is like, dude, take this vampire comic. It might save your life. And it's just like over-the-top acting, like overacting, but it's amazing. Like, well, it's, and it's I, super amazing. And I watched the movie, and I can tell like Joel Schumacher is directing. And he's like, yes, Corey, you're doing good. And the other Frog Brothers like, how am I doing? And he's like, yeah, just you know, keep doing what you're doing. Your keep name's it. not Corey. No one cares. 
Jesus. I'm sure you'll have a career after this movie, but, um... No, I'm... Anyway. Later on that night, the surf Nazis steal comics from the Frog Brothers as a boy and a girl surf Nazi sit in their car enjoying it. The roof is ripped off and they are pulled off one by one, devoured off screen. Sam returns to the comic shop the next day and is now okay with taking the Vampires Everywhere comic. I don't know, Sam should have yeah, stood your ground. Yeah, yeah. It's in this sequence that Sam kind of asks, hey, what's your guys' deal? And Edgar goes, we're dedicated to a higher cause. We're dedicated to truth, justice, in the American way. And in that voice, it's it, like, it's so, it's so ridiculous. I'm sure I said this in the other podcast. It's so ridiculous. You immediately accept it. Like, oh, this has got to, like, like watch any Marvel movie. And you're like, oh yeah, that suit can probably do that. Like, like in, in Endgame, you saw Endgame, right? Yeah, of course. Johnny R hasn't finished it yet. You know, whatever. Um, Iron Man's suit in Endgame was basically magic. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't iron anymore at all. It was basically wizardry, right? Okay, we can agree on that. Continue. Michael watches as Star rides off with David. So Michael does what any great person would do. He goes and he buys himself a jacket that looks very close to the same jacket David was wearing. And guess who suddenly wants to come talk to Michael? <laughs> Star. That's amazing. Don't. Is that all it takes? A leather, one leather jacket? And you, I, wow. I've been doing my... I did the whole 80s, 90s thing. I did it super wrong, guys. You know what? That's a me thing. We're not going to focus on that. So, coincidentally, as Star agrees to go get a bite with Michael, the Lost Boys show up. Star decides to go with them, and David challenges Michael to keep up with them on his bike. I can't beat you, man. That's the thing, Michael. You don't have to beat me. You just gotta keep up with me. As they race across the beach on probably the coolest track in that movie. Definitely, definitely cool. But but also, it's just, I I don't know. You reviewed uh, King Kong, you know, Kong Godzilla. Like, like, one of the great things about that movie is like, they were like, no, no more talky-talky. Let's get to the punchy-punchy. Let's just get with it. It's great. And when the Lost Boys show up in this movie, they show up. It's like, let's go. Let's, let's just get to the... Let's, let's get to it. We're on motorcycles. We're going fast. We're, we're, we're into it. Like, I, I love that. There's no, let's talk. Let's meet. Let's, there's none of that stuff. It was just action, action. Let's go. So as Michael tries to keep up with them, he almost goes over a cliff, which David thinks is a sick joke. David also asks Michael, how far are you willing to go? As he leads him into his underground hotel man cave, which turns out to be that sunken hotel. I think they said it was. Yes. Sunk, I'm going to call it Hotel Transylvania. Very cool part. When David walks, or he's sitting on his bike, they all stop. Michael almost goes over the cliff. They're all laughing about it. They're vampires. They're not going to die going over the cliff. They don't care. And then Michael walks over, stomps over to David, and just lays him out with one punch. Now, at this point in the movie, Michael has no idea these guys are vampires. But early in the movie, we saw Paul Blart, the mall cop, get it. We saw surf Nazis get it. And Like, any person that's wronged these vampires at all, they're toast. And Michael just punches. He almost knocks that blonde mullet right off of Kiefer's head. And at that moment, I was like, is this the end of the movie? Is he dead? Like, are they just going to kill him if he does? Like, he legit knocks him. You're out. watching it and you're like, wow, Sam is about to become an only child. Holy guacamole. Yeah, it was, it was intense. It was definitely intense. But they go into the sunken hotel. So the Lost Boys begin to show Michael a little praise. They're trying to, you know, ease him up. They're obviously messing with him. And then they give him the Chinese food. And David's like, how do you like those maggots? Looks down and he's eating maggots. And then he's like, no, we're just kidding. It's not maggots. 
I didn't understand that part of the movie. Like, where, like, okay, they're vampires, so I understand that they can fly, they drink blood, they're tough, they're strong. There's, I, I get there's some supernatural stuff going on, but when did the magic show? Still, when did we go from? What you know it all like, it goes it all goes into like vampires being able to hypnotize people and I guess okay that makes sense I'll 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 get with that and I guess to an extent they can project images onto people which personally I think is a more understandable power than hey look into my eyes I can hypnotize you because I'm a bat thank you for putting it that way that does make more sense that's awesome but that, yeah but I was I was watching that and I was expecting typical vampire stuff and they they went like sleight of hand like oh we slid you some maggots instead of rice haha david begins to goat michael into drinking wine quotation mark star tells him it's blood but chug daddy michael wants to earn the respect (laughs) of the lost boys so i mean he just hits that shit he does he goes big he definitely goes big and again the star character because they completely crapped on her part of the script. I don't understand. I don't understand why they didn't make her thing more dramatic. She knows if he drinks this blood, he's going to become a vampire. She doesn't want that. And when she tells him it's blood, she's like, <clears throat> It's blood. Um, um, excuse me. Can we, can we, I'm going to bother you. I'm sorry. I don't mean, I know you're, you're terribly busy, but it's blood. Okay, I'm going to go back in my cave now. I mean, she does nothing to... There's no emphasis. I mean, personally, you know, I would have probably just, I don't know, smacked the bottle out of his hand. Well, I can see where if she's one of David's vampires, she's subservient. She doesn't want to get too far out of line. But it's not like he didn't hear her say, hey, it's blood, don't drink it. She said in front of everybody, don't drink it, Michael. Don't drink it, Michael. It's blood. Well, but, and you there can... was, but she almost said it in like a, hey man, you know, if you could maybe, it's again, if if I was, if I really needed your help, dude, I, I've got this delivery coming, and if I'm not here to sign for it, it's not, you're gonna take it back, and then my kid's birthday party's ruined. Like you would, I would. There's emphasis there. But if I said, hey, you know, if you're around or if you're not, it doesn't matter. It's like, it just didn't seem like she cared at that point. She was like, yeah, this guy's going to be a vampire. And, oh, well, and well. you can tell in this, like, scene in the movie that Michael is hanging out with this crew of guys and he probably does want to earn their respect. He doesn't have any For friends sure. here. You know, and he's a teenage male in the 80s. It's all about respect. So he's like, hell yeah, I'm going to chug this. And hell yeah, I'm going to be Chug Daddy Michael. And so he chugs it. The Lost Boys are super excited. So they do what any other great teens do in the 80s. They bring Michael to a train track and they have a holding contest. Exactly. Yeah. That That was interesting. Like they're all like, see you later, Michael. And they jump down. They're like, Michael, get down here. And like in that scene, I would have been like, wow, I'm going to go. This is a little past what I was okay with. Yeah, it escalated pretty quick. Like I, you know, chugging the blood, that's one thing. But when they go to the train tracks, drop down below. By the way, pretty cool how Alex Winter, Marco, the vampire Marco, just kind of gives like the toodaloo and drops down. He's the first one to drop down there. And you have no idea what just happened. You're like, oh, he, he's gone. He just, but then you realize it's a, it's a railroad track bridge over this huge like crevasse or whatever. It's like this huge valley. I don't know if there's water down there. I don't know what's down there, but it's totally pitch black. And you realize... They're all just going to hang from the bottom of this railroad track while a train goes over it. And 
the fact that the vampires literally dropped down like circus performers, that's the point where I would, like, it'd be one thing if they walked up and climbed under and said, yeah, man, come on down here, hang out with us, be a man, be like us. That's not what they did. They they got supernatural in a hurry. And when I saw that, I would have been like, yeah, my bike still got fuel in it. I'm going to, I'm going to DD. I'm out. So... So as the train goes over the train tracks, they each start falling one by one. Michael's the last one left. He falls and then wakes up in his bed, doesn't know what's going on. He's also a little delirious. He doesn't like the sun now, and he even needs sunglasses to kind of look around and such. Also, his ear is pierced. I want to point that out. It is. It's, it's, it's kind of like he's obviously... It, it has all the makings of a hangover, but it's a hangover from drinking vampire blood and you're starting to change into a vampire which damn can you imagine a, a hangover like that like it's just gonna get worse for days and days and days. that's awful like most hangovers you crush some funyuns and a burger drink a bunch of water you get through it and by 6 p.m you're good not the case with michael he was like man that's just i don't even want to think about it man and like what's worse is he has this vampire hangover and his mom's like hey i really need you to stay home with sam quick question before we move on with the movie when someone, anybody looks at you and says, and you're talking about, yeah, this one hangover I had, it was rough. Yeah, this hangover I had was okay. When you have someone look at you and say, I've never been hungover. What do you think of, to that person? Bullshit. I don't believe you. Yeah, like that can't be positive. If you've never been hungover, then you've never drank enough to, I mean, unless you were just going hard on the cheer wine. Like I just don't understand. Like, I don't believe that. Like, are you an Avenger? Like, what's wrong? It's with like, you? did you water down what we were <clears throat> drinking last night? Yeah, I don't get, I don't get what you were. What, what's that mean? I was drinking vodka and you were drinking H two O. I've never been hungover. I just can't. My brain can't accept that. So as Lucy goes to dinner with Max, the Lost Boys pay a very quick visit to the house, not coming in, just you know, kind of being like dickbag football players who drive by people's houses after a game. They're like, yeah, we won. Exactly. Michael opens the door and they're already gone. No one's there. Sam's like, man, that was weird. I'm going to go take a bath. (laughs) Sam takes a bath, and that's when Michael's hunger starts to begin. He, like, drinks milk, and he has, like, a mini heart attack, and then you see, like, that anger face. Because it's not blood. Yeah, it's, it's, like, getting real. Sam's just enjoying his bath upstairs with the dog Nanook. Nanook. Uh, I also want to say, what a clever name for a dog. I have no idea if that has to do with the fact that he's an Alaskan dog, but his name's Nanook. Sam's just upstairs vibing. He's in the bathtub. He's singing that song. He's like, hang down, man. Hang down. Michael's listening. He's like, I'm going to eat my brother. Which, which, yeah, if you're a vampire and you're like, oh, I'm, I need to eat blood. Wait, my brother's the only one in the house. I'm going to eat my brother. That's one conflict. He might have been doing it, though, because Corey Haim took the bathtub singing a little too far. And, I mean, if you have siblings, you know, you're like, okay, okay, okay. Pipe it down in there. Like, you know, if someone is just top of their lungs raging to Britney Spears in the shower, and you're like, okay, the rest of us, hey. The rest of us are trying to have a life out here. Like, I get it. If he was going to attack because of the singing, that's valid. So Michael obviously goes in to attack his brother because he's a phenomenal singer. And (laughs) Nanook attacks Mike instead, biting him. Sam doesn't understand what's happening, but it's in that moment that they realize Michael doesn't have a reflection. As Sam, Sam's quote here is probably, I think, my favorite 
A lot of people like David's quote about being a vampire. This is my personal favorite quote in the movie, which Sam's reaction to his brother turning into a vampire is, My own brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Oh, well, you wait, Mom. Or you wait till Mom knows, finds out, buddy. Jeez, I just butchered that line. You did. It was, it was like you were trying to say the word synopsis. Oh, my God. You look down and your dyslexia hits you in the face with a bat it's sometimes. It's a lot. It's a lot. That, that, that line is a lot. No, I remember that line. Yeah. He, doesn't he walk over to the phone or something? He's like, you just wait till mom finds out. Like your mom's going to, what, ground you because you're a, the undead? That's yeah. Like, so he goes to call the frog brothers who are like, man, that sucks. Kill him. And he's like, no. <laughs> and he calls. Man, that's too bad. Get, I remember it. Yeah. Corey Feldman. Get yourself a nice sharp stick, and you're gonna drive that right through his heart. And he's like, "No way! I'm not killing my brother." <laughs> Unbelievable. So Sam's like, "No." So then he calls his mom, who I guess was the next logical person to call, and he's like, "Mommy, mommy, mommy! Michael's a vampire!" And she's like, "What?" Yeah, go go back to eating your cheeses. What are you- Michael's knocking on the door. I mean, he's floating outside the window. Sam is panicking on the phone, leading Lucy to leave the dinner with Max. Lucy comes home, uh, but before she gets there, Sam agrees to help Michael. It's funny. So Michael sneaks out, and I never noticed this until I watched it. And I mean, it's a it's a very vivid scene. But they pick up the milk carton and they put it. And there, you know, this is when they used to do missing children's photos on milk cartons. Right. And Laddie is one of the kids. Um, if I haven't mentioned Laddie yet, he's one of the Lost Boys. He's this random ten-year-old who's in the gang, I guess. Right. He's the one Lost Boy that is not a a teenager. He's not an older kid at all. He's definitely a young young kid, but also, but still a vampire. And that's brutal. Like if you're he became a vampire when he's 10. It's like an interview with a vampire. Like you become, like Kirsten Dunst. Like you become a vampire when you're 10. Now you're 10 years old. For the rest forever. of your life. Talk about a bad beat. Um, but that, yeah. So they put the milk back up there and his face, he's one of the missing children. Duh, he's missing because he got turned into a vampire. Um, yeah, a little, little sleight of hand there. A little sneaky extra Easter egg there. So the Lost Boys are out messing with Max, as you can see. They throw a, uh, what do you call those? Oh, they they throw a kite at him with a bat. Oh, I wonder why there's a bat on it. I wonder if that's going to play into anything later on. Well, think about what you just said. They threw a kite at him. I don't think in any other movie in the history of cinema, someone threw a kite at somebody else. There's been plenty of people hit by kites. I mean, if you watch Mary Poppins, there's kites all over the place. But I don't think anyone's ever thrown a kite. Go ahead. So while the Lost Boys are out being like dick football players, announcing, yeah, we've won, Michael goes to Star to get some answers. He literally says, what's happening to me? And instead of saying, ah, oh, dude, you know, you're you're a vampire, she does what any great female, I guess, would do in this situation. Hey, let's just have sex. Let's and just make out. <laughs> let's... So they they have sex to Cry Little Sister, which this is the fourth time you've heard the song Cry Little Sister in this movie. Not saying it's overplayed. It's a great song and it fits the soundtrack great. But I was watching this. I'm like, hey. I'll say it. I'll say it. They overplayed it. I'll say it. You don't have to say it. I'll say it. By the way, I want to apologize to any dick football players listening to the pod. Jake's clearly working through some things in his life. And it's it's not it's not you. It's him, even though you're a dick football player. So I apologize for that. But um, no, and all kidding aside, yeah, they... That, when you first hear Cry Little Sister, amazing track. You're like, oh, that is fire. I got to get that on my phone. And then the 17th time you hear the movie, you're like, okay, 
hook. They did they write any other music? Well, the this? first time you're listening to it, you know, you're hearing it. You heard it, you hear it in the beginning of the movie. And you're like, wow, this is subtly getting me into the culture. Second time you hear it, you know, is during when Michael's transforming into a vampire for the first time. And you're, and but you're thinking, still, even the second time, you're like. Banger! You're like, banger! And then the third time, it's like, oh, wait, is this just really erotic porn music in a way? Like, watching a movie on YouTube, and they keep throwing ads at you, and you're like, oh, can I, come on, I don't need Cialis, even though I'm friends with a 45-year-old guy. Like, it doesn't, <laughs> what's the deal? You keep throwing ads at me. Yeah, it's just too much. They, I think they overplayed it for sure. Michael gets no answers that night. The next morning, Lucy goes to talk to Max, apologize for leaving dinner when she's attacked by Thorn. Uh, luckily, Sam's there to help get her out of there before that dog straight munches on that mom's ankle. The Frog Brothers say to kill the head pa- uh, vampire. After that situation, Sam thinks Max could be the head vampire, and it would make sense. He stays in his house all day. He says that vampires often have a protector watching out for them, and that could be a dog. And he dresses like Jerry Didrich, which is in Fright Night, which is one of the most amazing movies ever. Continue. So naturally, Max comes over for dinner the next night, and they begin to start testing him. Before he can come in, though, he meets um, Michael, who he says, you're the man of the house. I'm not coming in until you invite me. So at this point in the movie, I'm like, yeah, Max is totally the head vampire. Spoiler alert. Yeah, totally. You would totally think he is. But then you go to the dinner and Sam, Alan, and Edgar have been doing all these tests and they all fail. None of them worked. And you're like, oh, so Max isn't the head vampire. But he was invited in. Who knows, man? Who that's knows? The, that's the thing. Like, that you, know what? Me- you know what? Spoiler alert. This movie's from the 80s. I'm going to say it. Yeah, no. Threw me off right there because I watched this for the first time and I was like, Okay, yeah, they seriously did get it wrong, you know? Yeah, right. No, up to that moment, up to that moment, you're like, it's David, it's David, it's David. It's the amazing, clean-cut, blonde, powerful mullet. That's the head vampire. But as soon as Max says, well, Michael, you're the man of the house, and I'm not coming in unless you invite me. I was like, that's odd. Wait a minute. Shoulder pads here is hiding something. And that's when it turned. That's when it definitely turned. You're like, that's and weird. It wasn't as big of a shock later. I mean, it was still like, whoa, this is cool, but it wasn't as big of a well, shock. Well, for me, he's just this super charismatic guy. You know, he's dorky and he's, you know, and then, you know, obviously, spoiler, spoiler alert, later on when it does, you do find out, you're kind of like taken back a second. You're like, I knew it. But they did a good job of throwing they, they, me off. They threw you. Yeah, they, they did throw some curveballs for sure. So the dinner doesn't go as planned and Max invites Lucy to his house for dinner the next night. Michael still wants answered though and goes out looking for the Lost Boys where he finds David. David says to join them on an adventure real quick and he'll get all the answers. Where this is like, this next is where I really say this is the biggest horror scene in this horror movie is they go to this like little beach party that's going on all the lost boys change and they massacre these like you know teenagers and i mean geez like david's skinheading this dude i mean it gets it gets raw pretty quick yeah totally um this part of the movie leads to my favorite line in it which and again i'm kind of harking don't butcher it because i butchered mine and to when i to when i first watched it and it's one of those things like when it comes up, when you rewatch it and that line's coming up, when they all, after they have slaughtered this group at the beach party and they change back into 
the regular Lost Boys off camera, and they come walking up onto this hill, uh, and they're looking down on Michael, who's fallen down the hill, and David says, now you know what we are, and now you know what you are. And it, he's like, and Michael's, all the questions, like, yeah, he's flying, and he doesn't have a reflection, and his brother Sam's like, dude, you're, you're a shit-sucking vampire, and then, then it's confirmed, like, I'm a vampire that kills people and drinks their blood, because I just watched these four annihilate this. You'll never grow old, Michael. You'll never die. Yeah, you'll never grow old and you'll never die. But when he said, for me, when he's like, now you know what we are, and now you know what you are, I was like, oh, 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 shit. And Michael Michael goes home, Charlie Brown-esque. I mean, he is just defeated. He's scared. Who shows up? Super... Funky, I'm sure she has a great personality star. <laughs> and Michael's like, just get out. Like you are literally not doing anything for me. And I, she I just I, I I'm not moving off this. Jamie Gertz, they did more with her character. She was in the movie Twister, you know, with Oh with, my god, uh, she with, was in with Twister. Helen Hunt um, and uh Bill Pullman. Is it right? Bill Pullman? Is that is that what I'm saying? No, that? you're saying it wrong. It's Bill uh, Polyester, Bill, Bill pa- Paxton. Bill Paxton, yes. How can I forget? Um Polyester. May he, may he rest in peace. He was in another one of my favorite movies, Aliens. But uh, uh yeah, Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt, Jamie Gertz is in that movie. They did more with her character in that movie than this star character. And there was such an opportunity to Make her have have some weight to the character. Nothing. Nope. Well, and like even in that line where she delivers the, well, David intended for you to be my first kill. Like I, I watched that and I often forget that's where like she says it. I'm like, oh, okay. You for, that, that says it all right there. You forgot where she said it because she's a forgettable character. Not her fault. Not, not the actress's fault. She's a forgettable character because they blew it. They were so focused on the mullet and... Alex Winter being Marco, and, and you know, hey, we got we got Bill and Ted over here. We got to got to do. Well, this actually came out before Bill and Ted. This it came did. out one year, one or two years before Bill it and did. Ted. It did before the how many sequels are doing? Three, and you know what? They are all great movies. They waited on that third one, didn't they? <laughs> they really did. John Wick. <laughs> so Star leaves, and the Emersons agree that their best bet is to get Star in. Laddie, Lily, Laddie, it's Laddie, it's Laddie for sure. I'm so, what a stupid name. Oh my god. They couldn't name him just like Ted or Teddy. They're like Teddy, but they were like, no, you know what we should call this kid? Laddie. If his name had been Billy, he looks like a Billy to me. Like, if his name had been Billy, at, at least then, because he's a little kid, he's a cute little kid, at least then you get kind of a... Uh, like a puppy dog thing going on. Like, oh, he's look, he's so sweet. He's cute. I care about him. He's, he's the kid that now I'm emotionally attached to because he's a kid and I want him to get through this because he's a kid. But because they named him Laddie, you're like, that's what is that? A, a dog in Scotland? Like, what is that? I don't, here, Laddie. Like, I, what? You're like, you're totally take, yeah. You're, you're like, totally, oh, you're like, okay. I mean, I guess, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, all these characters, I guess, have to have unique names. I'm sure the face, the face that I made when I heard his name was Laddie, it was probably the same face I made when I was four years old and I first bit down on like a chicken dumpling. Like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah, it t- they totally blew it with the name. They totally messed it up. Anyway, getting back to the Lost Boys and not how stupid of a name Laddie is, just call him Eddie. At least he's not a dick football player. Let's give him that. At least, at least he's not a dick football player. The Emersons decide to steal their grandpa's car and go back to Hotel Transylvania, which, I mean, Joel Schumacher should have called it that. I'm just saying, you know, 20 years late, but I'm just saying. 
P-E-I-N-G-O. The Frog Brothers tag along, and as Michael and Sam get Star and Laddie out of there, the frogs decide to kill Marco. He did not have an excellent adventure, and you could probably call this a bogus journey for Marco's exactly, character. Exactly, exactly. So, and I get it. Like, when they're in there, they're doing this part where they're going to where the vampires are. All the vampires are hanging upside down. They're asleep. It's the middle of the day. And they get Star and Laddie out. Great. Mission accomplished. But then they're talking, and they're like, dude, let's kill the head vampire. And then this thing's over. Good idea, except you don't know who the head vampire is. So then it's like, well, let's just pick one. And I'm like... When did this become a shooting gallery at the fair? Like, eh, just shoot some ducks and we'll win a prize. Like, they're literally killer vampires above you. But that's, talk about the balls of a burglar to just stroll into their house when they're asleep and go, yeah, let's just kill them too. Let's just guess which one's a head vampire. Well, and Ecker Frog obviously has some issues he's working through because Alan seems to be like the level-headed one. And Ecker's just like, Edgar stayed up and watched the Rambo Marathon. He's like, I know what I must do. It's, yeah, that, yeah, good dude. Let's, let's get, get yourself a nice sharp steak and drive it right through. Sorry. Yeah. And that death, all of the deaths are amazing, by the way. All of the vampire deaths in this movie are amazing. When he stabs Marco with that steak, it's a very violent death. Like the, the vampire's thrashing all over this, the place. But this vampire blood goes Everywhere, I mean, all it is over, oozing all over the Frog Brothers, but it's not even blood. It's like, is it like motor oil? It looks like, like it looks like unused motor oil. It's like it's all over these guys. They are bathed in it, and then they have to like make this getaway. Oh, oh, by the way, we killed this vampire. We woke up his three friends. They're pissed at us, and now we have to hightail it out of this vampire hotel. I mean, they okay. <laughs> they just zoot their way, and I mean, once they leave, they get back to the house. They put my. I mean, Michael gets upstairs with Star and Laddie and just passes out because he's obviously overexerted himself for being a half vampire. It's, it's during the day. It's daytime, so he's not he's not with it to begin with. He's not a, a full vampire. And I think they kind of explain that in the movie. Like, you're a vampire-ish until you make your first kill. When you make your first kill, that kind of seals the deal. Is that right? That's yeah. Kind of like what it is. But that's what they say the rules are. They're a little fuzzy on that, but that's kind of what's happening with Michael. He's not quite a vampire yet. He's not going to burn up in the sunlight, but he's definitely like about to pass out. He's not with it until it gets dark. So Sam tries to go tell Lucy about everything, and of course Lucy just plays it off like, you know what? You've been you've been nothing but a good kid since we got here. I'm going to my dinner with Max. Just just stop. So Sam goes outside and he goes. It's on us, guys. There's obviously no one else we can go to. Probably no police figures or probably, you know, anyone. Now, here's my question. A little sidebar here. I believe this movie was made before the movie Monster Squad. Or or was it? I'm fuzzy on the dates, but. I think. I think Monster Squad was 87. That could have been like. Like an early days MCU, like let's get the universe going. Let's get let's let's tie it all together. They should have no, just called the Monster no Squad. Monster Squad. I mean, the kid had like business cards. They you know, and then little Eugene with the with the dog. He sent that letter to the to the army. Like, hey, General Sir, there are monsters. Please send your tanks. It was awesome. But no Monster Squad. It's all good. Talk about a movie. I don't think a lot of people in my youth have seen. Gosh, 
Such a good movie. Well, uh, we can talk about that at the end because we still got a whole lot of plot. So Sam looks at the Frog Brothers and he goes, it's up to us. They begin to vampire-proof their house with holy water from the church. They get steaks. They create the garlic tub bath with water guns. As night falls, the frogs, Michael, and the team have a group talk. No two suckers go out the same way. That's what you got to remember with these guys. Exactly. Exactly. And then it, we, we get to some more vampire deaths. The first vampire death with Marco was literally a bloodbath. Like when his blood came out, it went all over everybody. And then I'm pretty sure the second one was <laughs> thou, thou, thou shalt not be, yeah, Paul. And, and I had to look up the guy's name. The vampire's name I had to look up his name too. Yeah, is, is Paul and... I had no idea. I'm, maybe if I go back and watch it again, they say his name at some point. I don't think they do. Maybe they do. But, they, you know, he, they're running around upstairs. They're, they can hear vampires flying around downstairs. They're getting spooked out. They're, they're trying to plan, where do I go? And they run into a room, and they, Paul's behind a door and pushes the door back, and there's this reveal. Like, here I am. I'm in the house. And he's got these full fangs. The, the, the contact lenses are in. And that's when it's like, oh, snap, this is about to get real. It's like he's vamping out. And he's grabbing their stakes and throwing them aside. He's grabbing the water guns full of holy water, throwing those aside. And it's this whole thing. Like I'm, I'm like, what? how are these guys going to get into this? So, and not only that, but I guess if you're not the head vampire, you can go over certain rules. Because they, you know, or I guess the chimney's a loophole in a way. Because they couldn't go through the front door, is I, all I knew. Right, right. Like that was I was I was fuzzy on that. Like you can go in the house, but you can't go through the front door. I know if you don't have permission, you can still go in, but it's like game on. Like we yeah. can do whatever we want to. But what's really awesome about the second death is they get the, the vampire grabs the frog brothers. They're standing right by this bathtub, which is full of holy water and garlic. The vampire looks at the kids and he's like, garlic doesn't work, boys. And they're like, try holy water, death breath, and death breath. I know you've called many people, you've probably called me that on this podcast. <laughs> um, and they splash him with holy water and it completely just melts his face. Like just, like goo, his face turns to goo. And that's when Nanook comes you know that dog is on top of it. He's whole... on it, right? He bites Michael, saves Sam's life. He immediately is like, "Oh, vampires stunned! Here I go!" And he runs up and pushes the vampire into the bathtub of holy water, and that just becomes vampire soup. It's like think about what the I just Italian said. mom comes in. She goes, "Hey, that looks like some good goomba." Think about what I just said. Soup, soup is great, except if it's something that's not supposed to be soup. A human being-sized vampire made into soup. That's what he becomes. Well, and it's it, awesome. Like, so Paul beats it right there, and then the second vampire, who I didn't know the name of, whose name is Dwayne. <laughs> like what? Are you serious? This skinny white guy I, is Dwayne. I only. I, I'm just. I'm. I don't know how it went down, but I'm hoping they had some rider in the room. That was like, yeah, okay, so the kid's name is Laddie, and everyone's like, hey, what the hell? All right, Bob, whatever, and what what else you got? Okay, this vampire's name is Dwayne. Get the hell out, Bob, you're done. You've butchered two names, they both suck, get out. So, but yeah. his, re- his redeeming was, he's like, what if I cast a young Alex Winter, and we name him Marco, and they're like, 
We don't hate it. We don't hate it. This kid better go on to bigger things, which obviously he did. So yeah, Dwayne dies by stereo. He gets shot through the heart and he gets electrocuted, breaking the stereo up. It explodes. But it also burns, like, as soon as he hits the stereo, the mute, like the rock music blasts. And so you've got the, the soundtrack playing to his death as there's like electricity shooting out of his hands and his eyes and his mouth. That's a spectacular death also. Um, so, and then the, the, the classic Lost Boys line, death by stereo. Which just sounds like complete cheese when I say it now, but I'm sure I said that to myself in the mirror a hundred. I said that to myself in the mirror as a kid almost as many times as they played Cry Little Sister. Damn. <laughs> well, dude, then you get the my favorite fight in the movie, which is David versus Michael. And I mean, they're flying around. It's a full-on vampire fight. The claw, claws eyes. are out. I mean, it is better than most of the fight scenes I've seen in certain movies that have come out recently. And what's also cool about it, we talked about early in the pod how the name The Lost Boys was inspired by Peter Pan. And there are definitely some undertones. That fight has kind of a, a definitely a scary, creepy Peter Pan vibe to it, the way they're flying around. I mean, the organs are just playing so loud in that scene. For sure. Not Cry Little Sister. They got the organs playing. But the way they're flying around is like a... It's You can imagine the way Peter Pan would attack Captain Hook if he had fangs and a glorious blonde mullet. Continue. So Michael is able to overpower David and stakes him on freaking deer antlers. Yeah, like what was that, a gazelle? Oh my god! The, the, they're in the grandpa's house, and he's like a taxidermist. Yeah, he does taxidermy for fun. Which talk about bringing your work home? He's got animal heads with antlers everywhere, and thankfully, was that foreshadowing? Is that what they did? Um, we'll just throw Rudolph all over the place, and later in the movie it'll pay off. But I don't know, man. But that was just—I <clears throat> watched that scene, and every time I watch it, I grab my stomach. I'm like, oh god, talk about brutal, brutal. But but also brutal is that David, as cool a vampire character as he was, he had the least cool death. He just did. Yeah, That's he always took. He had the least cool death out of all. All the other deaths were like huge. The 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 vampire that died in the bathtub. Not only did he turn into vampire vegetable beef soup it like erupted out of all the pipes there were like other bathtubs and toilets in the house erupting vampire vegetable soup everywhere because it was such a big death david's death was like oh i need a tums and he's done well and the whole reason he died that way was they were kind of banking on a sequel eventually but coincidentally who shows up after all these teenagers have been murdered Max and Lucy. Lucy wants to get to the bottom of the answers, and Max is just twiddling his feet, and he goes, this is all my fault. And that's when you're like, what do you mean? What do you mean, Max? And he's like, my boy's got out of line, and you're like, shut the front door. I knew it. I knew Max was the head vampire, and he goes, I'm the head vampire. And I'm like, he said it. He said it. The, everyone's so confused. They're like, you passed all the tests. How is that possible? And he goes, silly boy. Don't you know when you invite a vampire into your house, all the rules go out the it window? It renders you powerless. Exactly. He says it. What he, kind of bullshit rule is that? Totally, again, I knew it. When, when he did that, he turned around and he's got the eyes and the teeth. And he's like, don't you realize when you invite a vampire in, it renders you powerless? And I was like, son of a bitch. I knew, I knew it. I mean... How cool would it have been if David was the head vampire? But no, 
shoulder pads as the head vampire. Well, not only that, but like for the brief three minutes you see Max as the head vampire, I mean, he overpowers everyone. Totally. Michael goes at him, sends him through a wall, sends the Frog Brothers to the ground, smacks Star across the face, and it looks like he could break Sam's neck at any moment, but he's like, I won't hurt your boys. But you gotta, you gotta be mine. Lucy is literally about to give up her neck. Then out of the blue, coming in with the right hook of justice, with the Jeep automobile, Grandpa just soars through, crashes his Jeep through the house, and impales Max once again on, was it, it he impaled him on something. So he had, at, when, when, at the beginning of the movie, when Lucy and Sam and Michael get there with the dog, Grandpa's out in the yard working, and he's, He's digging these holes for fence posts. He's like fixing his fence around his yard. But it is not just a fence. It is like he's building a Civil War fort fence. And it's these gigantic stakes that are sharpened to like a razor sharp point. And it like like number two pencils can't get this sharp. It's crazy. And it and he's sinking these things in the ground and you're looking at that going that's interesting. As far as fences go, like you could you could run down to Home Depot, bro, and do it way cheaper than what you're doing. But foreshadowing, that's why he had all these extra stakes on his Jeep when he crashed through. One of them went flying, hits home, finds its target, which was Max Headroom. And then Max implodes. <clears throat> Michael is happy. The whole family's happy. Star and Laddie are turned back to normal. <laughs> I, I I can't say that sentence without like thinking. I said that sentence. And I was like, "What did I just say?" Here's what, here's what here's the way you should have said it. Michael turns back to normal. Star and Laddie are they're there. <laughs> like that's what that's what they they really are. They they announce like they're back to normal, and then you know Grandpa just goes into the fridge from his secret hiding stash, and he says one thing I can never stand about Santa Carla. Could never stomach all the damn vampires, and it just fades to black, implying that the va- implying that the grandpa is a vampire hunter of sorts, or at least well, knows of right. the vampires. And that kind of when he says that, and you you know credits roll, and you're walking out of the theater, you're like, oh, that's why the stakes, and that's why the so, the rough exterior with grandpa, that's why he's so kind of cold and icy, is because he's just you got to kill vampires, which that's kind of cool. But how about when? Your daughter and her, your grandkids get there. How about you pull them aside and say, hey, instead of, like, in the in the movie, he reads them the ride act, like, in the fridge, this is my shelf. Stay away from my shelf. Stay away from my cookies and my drinks and my, and my Fanta. And all. No, no, no. He should have been like, look, not BSing you. There are vampires here. They will kill you. Start, you know, like, that should have been, of course, that doesn't make for a good movie. That just makes for uh, happy uh, fanboys. So with that completes the movie The Lost Boys. Some could say The Lost Boys is the best vampire movie. Some could say The Lost Boys deserved a sequel. And that one person saying that with Joel Schumacher. Joel wanted nothing more than to make a sequel for this movie. And it got shot down. He originally wanted to do a sequel called The Lost Girls. It would have involved, well you guessed it, girl vampires. Stars chance to shine. But instead... Instead, they didn't do that. Instead, 20-something years later, they made Lost Boys The Tribe and Lost Boys The Thirst. Two terrible movies that don't deserve any relationship to the Lost Boys franchises. They're cash cows. They're direct-to-video DVD movies. The Tribe is just the Lost Boys, but it's 
pretty much remade. And then the thirst is all about the Frog Brothers, which I mean, sure, it's They're great cool. that the Frog Brothers are cool characters in the context of the movie. They're not standalone characters. The Frog Brothers are salt and pepper. They make the movie better. They're not the meal. They're not. You can't. And imagine as as popular as all these Marvel movies are. Imagine like how awesome was Black Panther. Okay, what if they waited twenty years and they made another movie, a sequel to Black Panther, but it was about his socks? You'd be like, "What the hell is this? Like, what is this? Like, why? Why did you Why did you wait so long? And why did you give us crap? A movie called This is Crap Panther. What What, is, what did you do? Well, so I, that's that's what they did. They they took a real cool movie, shot down the sequel idea, waited however long, and said, "You know what? Let's just." Let's throw a bunch of toenails on camera and call it a film. You know, we got this script called uh, For the Tribe, and it's about, like, basically surfing werewolves. Um, let's change them to vampires, and let's just cash cow on the fact that it's uh, we we could pin it as Lost Boy sequel. Now, eventually, they did eventually adapt the Lost Girls story idea. They did a mini comic book series called The Lost Boys, titled... So, you know, in quotation marks, The Lost Girls. And it was great. I've read it, and it's a really good sequel. They bring David back. And that was the whole purpose of not explicitly showing David with a gruesome death was Schumacher wanted to bring him back for a sequel. And so, in the comic book, he gets brought back, and he helps these girl vampires try to kill the Emersons. The lasting impact of The Lost Boys Legacy is this great movie and two terrible movies. And apparently, maybe a musical. Uh, the guy who wrote Cry Little Sister, uh, G. Tom Mack, is writing a prequel musical about David and how he became a vampire. It's called A Lost Boy's Story. I've listened to a couple songs. It's not terrible. It's not what I would have gone with. I would rather watch the, the in the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall, the, yeah. the, the vampire. I'd rather watch that. <laughs> I'd rather watch that vampire play with like vampire Muppets than... So, no. I'm, I'm good, Krylo. So, in the pre- I, don't need, I don't need it. And the prequel is basically, it's about David as a kid in not, London. I, I'm not talking about the part in Forgetting Sir Marshall where you get to see his peck. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that part. I can do without that part. I'm talking about the part with, like, the count from the Muppets and one, two, ha, ha. Like that part, the whole musical. I'd rather watch that with Muppets than, than this crap, Krylo Sister. Well, guys, that's The Lost Boys. Any final thoughts? Um, again, just like with Fright Night, Lost Boys was very cool to me as a kid because it was scary, but it was so interesting. The characters, the vampire characters are cool. They're scary. You're, you're terrified, but you can't look away. Um, sad to say, you know, Jamie Gertz is awesome. She's an amazing actress. She had some awesome roles. She's beautiful. Um, she was so cute. Her character in Twister was so cute. She had like the southern accent. And everything. Amazing. Um, she's no Amanda Beers. She's just she's no, no Amy. But uh, it was a cool movie for that reason. Like it, really cool vampires, really scary vampires, but interesting. Like as a kid, I didn't want. I wasn't like go run and hide in the closet. I was like, I can't. I gotta watch this. It's awesome. And I want to be like these vampires. They're cool people. And I feel the same way. Like, the first time I watched Lost Boys and probably the subsequent, like, seven to one hundred times I've seen The Lost Boys, I just watch it and I go, there's something fun about this. There's something, like, you know, interesting and exciting about this. You know, I have an excellent adventure when any time I see Marco. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll say it. I had a mullet when I was a kid. I totally... 
I had a Camaro cut, the Kentucky waterfall, call it what you want. I was there, and I've got to believe part of that was due to seeing it on the silver screen because the law firm of, God, I can't believe I'm going to say this again. Say it one more time. Kiefer, William, Frederick, Dempsey, George, Rufus, Rufus, really, Mom? You named him Rufus? You threw... Not only is it one of eight names, but it Rufus, that's the dog's name. That's not Kiefer William Frederick Dempsey, George Rufus Sutherland. Because of his mullet, that probably is the reason why I went and sat in the barber chair and said, yeah, I want you to start, but I don't want you to finish. I'll say this, which is I've had so much fun on this podcast today. Uh, Lost Boys is one of my favorite movies. I've had a cruisingly piercing headache this whole time since we started it. And now I finally understand how Michael feels when he turns into a half vampire. Like you, you're a method actor. You were like, I gotta, I gotta put myself in his shoes. I'm really in the role, man. I'll, I'll say that much. Exactly. So you were earlier. You were looking at the garlic bread, and you were, I was like, don't do it, Michael. It's good. <laughs> you were like, no, screw you, dude. I'm garlic breading it up. This is and a com- this is up. a combination of cleaning a gymnastics gym and getting like chalk in my face, and then overeating pizza before we do a podcast. So I paid the high price, you know, and now I have to live with it. At least I'll have this uh, podcast as my. Dude, you hung in there. I really did. Awesome. I had awesome the po- I had to pause the podcast one time, and I looked at a uh, BJ, and my eyes are super dilated. I was like, I need. Some- at one point, at one point, I was looking at you, and I was like, He's gonna throw up. He's gonna boot right here on the floor and just keep on driving. And I'm here for it. I can't wait. That's amazing theater. That's that's you gotta you gotta puke and rally with these puke podcasts. and rally for sure. No, good job. I Thanks had... for having me on the podcast again. If I didn't say that already, thank you so much. Thanks. I like this vampire movie trend that we've got. Are there any other vampire movies that well, maybe we should? So, fun fact: we we have a mutual friend, mutual friend for you, mutual you know inspirational. Your other forty five year old best friend. My <laughs> other my other forty five year old best friend, uh, John McCready, who happens to also be my boss has suggested that I watch Count Yorgo. It turns out his dad's in it. So it sounds like eventually me and BJ will be making our way through that. Maybe with a guest appearance by a former Olympian. Well, he's always, he, you're always an Olympian. He doesn't listen. I would be shocked if John listens to my podcast. I love you, John. But I wonder, I bet John is that type of guy who listens to the first half and he like comes over and he pats your shoulder and he goes... I'm so proud of you. Like, you're following your dreams. And it's like, what did you think of that shout-out? And it's like, I didn't get to that yeah, part. Uh, right, now, right now, Hatcher is running out of his room, and he's like, Dad, Jake, mentioned you in the podcast. It's, that's good. So with that, I'm Jacob Daniel. I'm BJ. And this has been Jake's Review Corner. Always reminding you one thing and one thing only. Cry, little sister, thou shall not fall. Interesting song lyric. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys.